This episode is brought to you by Bias Agency Australia. We've made a little bit of equity out of that one, so it gave us an opportunity then to, to move on to our next. That time was a bit scary for us, and I think everyone has that sort of fear. It's, it's the fear of the unknown rather than what could go right. Once you sort of jump in and, and understand that the property is, is the way forward, then, then you'll never look back. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Sham and in this episode, we're speaking with Craig Malvin, a partner at Linda Group and a proud family man. He shares all there is to know about his transition from a customer service newbie through to his status as a legendary well-known Penrith name. Plus, he reveals why sometimes it pays to listen to your little sister. Craig Melbourne is the property real estate licensee and director of Linda Group, a real estate agency based in Sydney. With a varied career background before he made his way into property, he's always followed his passions and now he's following in his younger sister's footsteps. The Linda Group may be a family business but it's Melbourne's talent and dedication that has guided him to where he is today. Mainly my day involves a lot of property management and, and making sure the business is operating um, profitably day to day. Um, also concentrate on doing a lot of, lot of the sales, um, open homes and pretty much running the whole, the whole business day to day. Um, we've been Linda Group now for three years um, and it's yeah, getting busier and busier which, which is fantastic. I've been in real estate now for since about 2010, um, started investing in around 2008 and that sort of gave me my passion to get into, into real estate. Um, I joined a local company in Penrith um, for years, was sales manager there for, for four or five years um, and my sister has been a mortgage broker for years and years and we sort of put our heads together one day and thought we can we can do all this ourselves. Um, we found there was a bit of a, a niche in the market where she's dealing with a lot of investor clients um, and we're doing a lot, of, a lot of properties for them, building properties and then had no one really to manage their properties for them and help them look after it. So we thought, well, there's a there's an opportunity there. How do we how do we create a business that can can be pretty much a one stop shop for all of our all of our investors, um, through, from finance through to real estate to to managing their property and um and then helping them also grow their portfolio. Melvin's sister, Kimberly Linda, founded the company just as COVID nineteen was also setting up shop. Between the handful of passionate property lovers at Linda Group and the way the market exploded soon after they set out, he hasn't looked back once. But COVID seemed, but seemed to help make our business. Um, got a lot of trust through that time with, with a lot of our existing clients and, and now, yeah, three years on, we managed 130 properties and um, and it's, it's going really, really well. And the beauty of it is, I guess, most of it's come from word of mouth and existing clients. Um, so there's already that trust there with, with, with existing clients. Um, which makes makes the job a lot a lot easier from my part. His typical day involves a lot of emails and phone calls along with what goes on in the background of a real estate agency. It can certainly get busy but he definitely enjoys it. Just a matter of making sure you manage it properly. Um, from, the, from the business I was in before, I sat in an office with, with about 10 property managers so I got to hear a lot of their conversations with tenants. Um, so a lot of that I think not at the time, not knowing at the time that it was actually 
feeding into my brain and hearing that. Um, but now, now that I get to deal with, with tenants, you know, I've, I've heard all those conversations before, um, and I think it just it just sort of gave me a really good perspective on what the property management side of the business was like. Um, and you know, tenants, I've always thought tenants can become buyers, can become sellers, and can become really, really good clients. And that's how I've always treated all all of my tenants and all of my clients. Um, I just think that's that's the best way to continue to grow your business. He takes us on a trip down memory lane, venturing out to Penrith where his childhood was full of fun, games and toasted sandwiches by the pool. Grew up in Emir Plains, which is just at the foothills of the, the Blue Mountains on the Nepean River. Um, my dad still lives in the house we grew up in, um, been there 40, 40 odd years. We're always, always outdoors, like, you know, outdoors until the, till the street lights come on, then we had to go home for dinner and um, I was very lucky. We grew up right behind the high school at at Nepean High and so we could just walk out the back gate and wear onto, onto all the fields so forever with the local kids playing footy and hitting golf balls and and all that sort of stuff going swimming in the in the Nepean River uh, which I know my dad didn't like at all um, but yeah riding riding BMX bikes lots of lots of storm drains and things to to stack your bike in there and, and get around so it was very very outdoors sort of sort of growing up um, Real great, great family up, upbringing. Um, mum and dad loved having anyone over at any time. Um, all the local kids, all the local kids were, were welcome at any time. Um, we had we had a pool in our backyard, an old above ground pool, and at any time there could be twenty or thirty kids come over for a swim. And, and mum and dad didn't care, you know. So um, it was great, and that, that sort of give us that that give us a really good um, perspective on life and and just family values and, and those sorts of things. There's always toasted sandwich and things in that for kids, and yeah, so it's probably why they kept coming over to get a feed, I guess. I went to Nepean High, um, which was great because I could just walk straight out the back doors at school and come home for lunch every day, and um, yeah, so so that was good. Went through to year 12, did my HSC, um, was never really sure what I wanted to do after that. What he was sure of, however, was his desire to have a family. Now, his kids are young adults making their way into the working world, much like when he did when he was their age, but that's not the only similarity. Got married in 93, which is 30 year anniversary this year, and got two two kids. Liam works um, in IT for, for a, a major bank, um, and my daughter's in hospitality, so she sort of followed my my path. I started, um, I started in Penrith Panthers in hospitality in 89, and worked there for 15 years. Um, managing and looking after bars there um, before I got into to the real estate space. Um, I got a job at, at Penrith Panthers, a casual job, and then that turned into permanent and management. And, you know, 15 years later, I, 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 left, I left there. So um, I've always loved the hospitality industry. That, that's always been my passion, um, helping people and, um, you know, customer service and just love that sort of – I'm not a massive fan of the nine-to-five. Um, I could never just sit in an office for nine to five and do, do paperwork. I have to be out and about or, you know, different hours and, and, and engaging with people and talking to people all the time. And I guess real estate gives you that opportunity as well. It's not a, not a nine to five office job. It's a 24 seven job sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, yeah, Panthers, Panthers gave me a, an incredible grounding. Um, I, I met some really, really good people there, some great managers, um, Real forward thinkers, um, people like Roger Cow, and it just really real visionaries. 
um, and to be able to spend time with some of those people um, at that time gave me a real different perspective on life. After leaving the Penrith Panthers in 2004, he continued to work with some very well-known companies with household names. Worked with Coca-Cola Amadol out at Northmead um, for five or six years um, and that was more of a I sort of had to give up the nights and that sort of thing because the kids were getting to a point where needed to run around for school and things like that. So that was more of a more of a necessity than than, than a want. Um, but really enjoyed that time. Um, and then after five years, I sort of had enough of enough of that that sort of life and thought, oh, what's next? Um, I just started investing. I knew a couple of local real estate agents in the in the Cranebrook area, really good mates, and yeah, got into real estate and haven't looked back since. The shift into business development required a completely different skill set, but it was one Malvin had prepared earlier. My last couple of years at um, Penrith Panthers, I was um, a manager of one of the one of the satellite clubs at Glenbrook, um, Glenbrook Glenbrook Bowling Club. So you know, and I'd also done um, a business management degree through through TAFE um, back in back in two thousand. So I guess I'd already got into that 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 business development side for a while. Um, you know, more running running the the club than than looking after the staff and 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 day to day day to day chores. Um, so looking at analysing um, budgets and things like that. So um, I'd I'd already done all that. So to get in a coke into sort of a selling role and then a business development role where I'm going out and talking to to clients and getting them to to come on board, etc. Um, seemed to be a pretty pretty easy change for me. They allowed that for me. So. Um, and and they had just their training, their training at that club. Um, at the time I was there, it was just just amazing. Just they 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 really really wanted you to go out and, and learn as much as you could. And they had their own internal courses and and things like that to do with business management and a lot of a lot of um, I guess stuff like NLP and, and and things like that where you know you teach you to to, to think a little bit different. And um, yeah yeah, it's it's it a really good time. Coming up after the break, we find out how he nearly got in his own way before even starting out his journey. My sister had been asking me for years and years to, to get into it and knowing how successful she'd been, I was quite stubborn. And the lessons he's learnt along the way. You talk about property and, and the end result, but it's not always very easy. Um, you, do, you do have struggles throughout it. He shares his advice to anybody and everybody thinking about entering the property market. I know we've sold a couple, but they, they were out of, they were for lifestyle changes, um, allowed us to do, to do stuff in our life that, that we want to do. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. 
Melvin has been on the fence about property investment for several years before taking the plunge. However, just like the Linda Group started at an uncertain time in the market, so did his investment journey. Our first investment um, was about 2008, was the first first property we bought. Um, my sister had been asking me for years and years to, to get into it and knowing how successful she'd been, I was quite stubborn and um, yeah, she, she'd been going for five or six years before before we, we took the plunge. Um, I guess for us it was, the first one was more out of fear and what could go wrong rather than, than what can go right. Um, you know, when you've got a you've got a you've got a big mortgage, you've got kids going through school, and um, you know there's not a lot of, not a lot of money there for that, for that sort of thing. It's it's very hard to to take that plunge. Um, but once we we did and and had a look at what Kimberley was doing and and found the right type of property, um, being a being a cash positive property, um, positively geared, then. You know, after after sort of 12, 18 months, we thought, yeah, we're, we're doing the right thing here. Um, and that's when we sort of said, well, you know, what's next step? Let, let's look at another property. You know, so we, we, we've made a little bit of equity out of that one. So it gave us an opportunity then to to move on to our next. Um, yeah, so so that, that that time was that time was a bit bit scary for us. Um, and and I think everyone has that sort of fear. It's, it's the fear of the unknown rather than than what what you know what could go right. Uh, but once you once you sort of jump in and, and understand that the property is is the way forward, then then you'll never look back. And and I always say now my worst worst decision is I didn't start five or six years earlier. He walks us through the ins and the outs of that first property he purchased. Been a local in the area, so I knew the areas pretty well um, around, around Penrith area, and it's a place called Cambridge Park. Um, and we bought a, a property as a eight hundred square meter corner block. Um, so I was thinking at the time that there could be a chance to, at some stage, knock down, do a duplex, do a, or, or do something else else with the, with a block of land. Um, it, it was a an older style three bedroom um, brick veneer home. It did have an old garage that had been converted into a granny flat at the back. Um, so yep. So obviously we had the we had the the, the two lots of income. So tenant out the front, tenant out the back, which which made the the pace. Uh, the place positively geared um you know and that that was our our idea was well we don't have a lot of money to to, to throw at investing so how can we minimize what we have to put in um to to start to to start to grow our portfolio um and in that time there was a fair bit of, of um capital growth in the area so it's probably a bit of luck with the with the right timing um 2008 obviously we had the gfc and then 2009 2010 things started to started to kick kick again so um we had that equity and we went okay well what's what kimberly kimberly persuaded us to say hey you've got this equity now and what are you going to do next uh, once again we we're a bit hesitant but we then went and bought bought another property um very similar an old three-bedroom home over in cranebrook with with a granny flat uh, positively geared geared as well um and that sort of kick started us started us on our journey that is amazing. And, and since then, since 2008, how many properties have you purchased with, to get into your portfolio with you and your wife? At the moment, we, we've got nine properties in our portfolio. Um, we've got two on the go at the moment that we're, that we're building, um, building a dual key property up in Thornton in the Hunter Valley and also a four-bedroom home in Kurumbong, um, which is the central coast of, of New South Wales. Um, so nine, nine in total at the moment. We have sold a couple over over the years. So the, our first two, we have actually sold those. 
Um, we sold the, the one in Cranebrook first. Uh, we sold that, I think, about 2015, and that allowed us to pay off our full mortgage on our on our family owned owned home, um, which 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 is fantastic. Just gives you gives us a lot of freedom to do do a lot of things. Um, and we've just and last year we sold the one in Cambridge Park finally, um, and that's going to allow us to do our new new builds that we're doing doing at the moment. So um, buying property and selling the occasional property allows you to allows you to do do some things that you thought you you probably never never be able to do. He finds that the biggest challenge is pushing through fear especially the fear surrounding how choices can impact day-to-day living expenses. You talk about property and, and the end result, but it's not always very easy. Um, you, do, you do have struggles throughout it. Um, with our, our property at Cambridge Park, um, we, we self-managed for a while, which um, taught me a lot of, lot of lessons. Um, and we actually had tenants that trashed the property. So we, um, that, that became a bit of a problem at that time. Um, you know, but those things are really good lessons moving forward, and you get to learn from that. But it's it's not always easy, and there are times when you go, okay, well, how do we how do we afford the how do we fork the mortgage for next week? Um, but at the end of the day, property is usually appreciating, um, and you've got to really look at that end goal rather than think about exactly what's what's going on on at the time. The second property they purchased was in Cranbrook, another house with a granny flat for that dual income potential. It was the third property that really sold investment for them. And the third one we, we we bought was a we actually bought a block of land and, and, and built a home um, in Cadden's, uh, which is pretty exciting for us because um, it was in an Orchard Hills, which was always a pretty exclusive suburb around Penrith, um, and to actually buy a block of land in Cadden's or Orchard Hills was, was you know, like, like we've made it, I guess. Um, but that, that's how we felt as local Penrith people anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's probably, that's, that's one of the best decisions, decisions I've made. Um, we, we, we built that one. It's, it's just a four bedroom home. We've still got that really good tenants uh, uh, um, uh, are in there at the moment. Um, and then we, then we started to to get some land tax bills, um, which is something every investor goes, oh no. Um, so I guess we had to we had to have a look at where we're at with our strategy and then and then change. Um, so we, we then started looking at Queensland, um, and we yeah. So um, once again, we, we looked at a couple of properties in, in Queensland, um, built just some some four bedroom homes to get some some decent some decent um equity and and decent um rent yields out of which were were pretty much you know by the time they were built and, and rented out they were they were about they were neutral you know might have cost us a little bit a year but wasn't costing us too much um and then we built we ended up building a, a duplex up at up at glenvale um, which is out around toowoomba area um and and that we we still own that and it, it 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 rents really well now so that that's once the dual dual income strategy again um, once we'd sold a couple in New South Wales and we thought oh hang on we um we can come back to New South Wales now we can start to invest a few um, so we we built a home out at a, a dual key home which is a four bedroom home with a two bedroom granny flat under under the main roof um, and we built that one out at out at North Richmond you know in a state called Red Bank. Um, and that, that sort of got us back into back into New South Wales. Um, once again, a really well, positively geared geared property. So, um, and I guess then after selling a couple and and we, we then bought a property up Foster um, on the New South Wales North Coast. At, at more of a it's an investment property, but it's also a lifestyle 
for us as well. We get to go and use that right on the beach um, when, when we need to. Um, so some of those, those I guess, some of our choices have allowed us to to buy that um, and to and to use to use that as an investment and also as a as a, as a lifestyle choice as well. It's it's gorgeous and we're up there every every long weekend, you know, when when we can. So yeah, but but also. You know, it's um, it still still returns. It ter- still returns a really good, good yield during the year as well. Thanks to his years of experience, he's certainly experienced the roller coaster of ups and downs that property investment can strap you in for. When it comes to his worst investing moment, it happened during the time when he was in between jobs. Jobs, I just left Coca Cola and was thinking about getting into real estate, so doing my license and all all that sort of thing. So I probably had about six months off, um, and thought, oh, I'm going to buy a property and and renovate it and and on sell it. You know, the the old um, see how much we can make out of a property. So I bought a really really rundown property in Kingswood, um, right across from uni on a really really big block of land. Um, Spent probably about thirty thousand dollars doing it up, cleaning it up, um, tidying it up. There was a really, really bad property. It's um, they they'd taken about eight skip loads of junk out of the property before they put it on the market. Um, it smelt like dog urine. It was yeah, so it's probably a good property to buy because no one else wanted to buy it. So I, I picked it up at the up at the right price. But um, once once I had had um done it all up put it back on the market we ended up selling it and and, and probably made about twenty thousand dollars um so not a massive profit um and i guess the biggest the biggest problem with that is that that property is probably worth four times uh, what i bought it for now um so if we would have held that um it's right across from the uni it's uh, an r3 site which means you can knock it down and put townhouses on um it's an 850 square meter block so that was probably my worst worst decision um but at the time it was once again done out of necessity not working and and um you know about to go into a new career so we sort of couldn't afford to hold on to it at that stage um if we would have sort of stuck it out for a year put a tenant in there then you know it probably would have been the best decision i've made but um but on selling it and selling it that quick it's sort of that that yeah it um sort of took me out of that space and thought no i don't want to i don't want to do this sort of thing for a living i don't want to you know flip houses that's yeah that that's for the experts <laughs> but learn a lot of lessons along the way oh absolutely i mean especially doing a renovation and you know you picked it up at a good price by the sounds of it um <laughs> and uh yeah i guess walking away how long did the renovation take roughly for you for that um, period of time probably about six months by the time it was you know we'd, we'd bought it and done the renovation and then then it had settled so it wasn't wasn't a lot of time um but if you think it's twenty thousand dollars in six months that's you know you can go and work at a pub and earn more money than that and and the amount of work that i was putting into it you know 10 12 hours a day was um yeah certainly was definitely wasn't worth worth the money or the effort he sees that every West Investment moment cloud has a silver lining, which is that he's faithful to the trusty method he's been using ever since. Dual income strategies and, and, and holding on to properties, and that's probably the biggest lesson that for anyone. Um, I know we've sold a couple, but they they were out of they were, they were for lifestyle changes um, allowed us to do to do stuff in our life that that we want to do. Um, but advice to anyone that, that that is buying, yeah, the longer you hold it, the better. Um, especially, especially if you're a young person buying property these days, it's um, you know historically in in Australia, it, property has doubled every every ten years. So if you can hold on to something for twenty, thirty years, um, you know you may be twenty and buying something now, and it, if you know when you're fifty, you're going to have an amazing asset that you can sell and probably retire at that time. 
His aha moment goes to show that even when somebody close to you has your best interests at heart, sometimes it's best to trust your instincts. The one we bought in Cranebrook was my biggest aha moment because um, I just just started working for a local real estate agent up there and, and one of the agents, this property come on the market and I, I thought, oh, yeah, this is, this is looks like the type of property that we're after. Um, but it was in a in a housing commission area. Um, the area didn't have the greatest the greatest rap. Um, and the agent sort of saying, no, mate, don't buy in there. Don't buy in there. That's not going to, no good for you, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um, and I thought, you know what? I think there's a really good, there's good rental yield here. And, you know, I'm not, not too, too fussed on areas and that sort of thing. And, and um, you know, we end up, end up purchasing that property. Um, and I think that probably, and that that's, was a really good property for us, allowed us to, to then once we sold it, pay off our own home. Um, and I think that's probably the, the moment we said, you know what, we, really confident in what we're doing here um, and, and this is working um, and that, that's probably that aha moment you go well you know I'm not listening to people now I'm, I'm making my own decisions um, you know, obviously you get as, as much advice and you do as much research as you can for yourself but until you've sort of got that that confidence to go yep this is this is what I want to do and this is why I want to do it that's when you get that you get that aha moment and go yeah this is this is really going to work for us. You mentioned that the agent said to you it wasn't a good purchase, or was it with the agent or someone else that said that? What what was the reason behind that? I think the agent the agent honestly knew us pretty well and had our had our um, best interests at heart and thought, you know, oh, I wouldn't really recommend my own family to to buy in that area. It was a pretty rough area, um, so he's he's he did have his best interests at heart and and our best interests at heart. But I guess the one of the biggest lessons you learn is is buying investment properties. You've got to take all emotion out of it. Um, You've give, you've got to you're buying something that's going to be a business, um, and when you start bringing emotion into it, you make you make different decisions. Um, if you look at look at investment properties purely on purely on the numbers, rent returns, and then potential growth, and and obviously I've had seen a few areas where they've been a bit rough and they've they've been tidied up, and all of a sudden they become really really good areas that people want to buy in. So so you, you tend to get a lot of capital growth in those areas. Um, yeah, so so that that was that was the the aha moment, and and I know, and I know, and I was, he's still a good mate today, but um, and I know he had our best interests at heart when he was saying no, no, don't buy in that area, mate. He knows both the New South Wales and Queensland markets reasonably well, which meant he was able to make a wise investment choice in what was once a working class suburb near Brisbane. We've got a property up at Yarrabilba, which is just out of Logan, um, and and it's it's had really good rental yield. For we've had about five years, really good rental yield up there, um, but you can just start seeing that now. Like the, the rents have gone up seventy, eighty dollars a week um, now, and and they're starting to get some really good capital growth in that area, and and, and that that's what happens. You know, the people people have to move to where they can afford, um, and they start to start to sprawl out. You know, you look at look at Blacktown, and people move out from Blacktown, and then come to Penrith, and then start looking lower mountains and and those areas. So. Um, the expansion growth of population in, in Australia just means that people need somewhere to live. So those areas at some stage are going to, that they're going to become popular areas and, and you're going to get a lot of capital growth in those areas.
Greg Malvin's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. He opens up about the deliberations that came along with the investment process. But after the second one, we got a bit of, not, not cold feet, um, but we thought, oh, hang on, you know, what, what, what's next? The pros and cons of new and existing properties. Having older properties too, there is a lot of maintenance with them. He delves into the true cost of doing business. And the beauty of, of, of a few of these is that we have had quite good capital growth on the blocks of land in the time. And that's next time on Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals? Or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call.